Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 125th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh Anthony, back with you guys tonight. You heard from me earlier in the day as I sat down with former, or not former Tar Heel, but Go Heels writer and co-host of the Carolina Insider Podcast, Adam Lucas. And we had a fun conversation this afternoon. But now Anthony and I are back with more positive news for Carolina on the recruiting trail as they land a five-star prospect in the 2023 class. Carolina also has a current member of the program going through the NBA draft process. We'll tell you who that is and the importance of that. We've also got some more things to cover in the closing notes, but we start every edition of the show, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day. And we go to former UCLA head coach, um, John Wooden, who won 10 national championships in a 12-year span and had a legendary career out in Westwood. And he once said, remember this, the choices you make in life make you. And I thought that was pretty uh, a really good statement to use for today's edition of the show um, because Gregory G.G. Jackson had to make a choice, and that choice was to where to play his college basketball, whether it be at North Carolina, Duke, South Carolina, UMass, Auburn, Georgetown, or, or go play professionally in the G League, um, and he chose North Carolina. And uh, he's a five-star power forward from Columbia, South Carolina. You and I saw him up close and personal for a sophomore season down at Ridgeview High School. Um, he's currently ranked as a number two power forward and the number five overall player, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. But there is a general consensus that when this recruiting cycle is as complete, he'll be the number one overall player in the class. Um, and he was named the Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of South Carolina. And he joins other five-star Simeon Wiltshire um, in the 2023 class. But, buddy, this was a guy that when, when Hubert Davis first got on the job last April, 
a little over a year ago. This is one of the very few guys in the, the in the 2023 class that that they started pushing to get. Um, and of course, Wiltshire committed first, but um, this has been a year long process trying to to get Gregory G.G. Jackson in Chapel Hill. And he even made those comments when he asked about why Carolina. He was like, look, um, they were the most consistent program with me up front. Um, they were the ones that checked on me the most and, and they were always present, whether it was, you know, over the phone or or in the gym, watching him play, compete, whatever it was. And um, and all that hard work paid off as, as Hubert Davis has now landed his second five star in the 2023 class. I, I just I really didn't get the panic that it seemed like a lot of people had, um, you know, one with this recruitment. And, and I mean, there's a lot of elements that go into this. I think that it's hard not to discount the fact that if uh, if Frank Morton stays at South Carolina, this could have been a different recruitment. But um I, I, there were people that seemed to be panicked. There were rumors that if, if, if Gigi Jackson didn't come to Carolina, then that would mean that Simeon Wilcher would decommit. And a lot of people felt like things were going to potentially fall apart. That was all in that middle part of the season where, I mean, there were, there were so many doubts about the direction of this Tar Heel basketball program. And now, when you go back and look at those, it just makes you laugh. This is a huge commitment for Carolina because this is a guy that fits this system that Hubert Davis has in place. This is, you know, we, we saw it. and We know from talking to his high school head coach when we covered them for a year um, during his sophomore year last year, um, we covered that, that high school team for all of their home games. And we talked to their head coach, a guy that's now going on to Oak Hill Academy um, and Eric Stoneman. And he told us that, look, you know, Gigi's a special player. Um, and we want him to be a guy that can play inside out. We want him to be a guy that can play the three if we need him to, that can play the four at times, and that can play the five for us at times. And he did all of those in high school. Um, he's a guy that can handle the ball extremely well on the perimeter. And this is the type of guy that when you, when Hubert Davis and, and his staff came in and, and went to a more modern offensive scheme, this is the type of player that they were envisioning. Um, he's got the length as well. This is a guy that I think is, is going to be able to protect uh, the rim on the other end very well. So there is a lot to like about him. And I know that there are some people that are kind of infatuated with the thought of him being a part of this team this year. I still think there is some development that has to go on here. He's one of those guys that I think is he's number uh, the number one prospect on some sites, but he's not the consensus number one prospect. And there is a reason to that because there's still some growth that he will have to go through. But uh, this is a huge piece for Carolina in this class. And really, you're, you're starting to see the residual effects already. They're talking to another guy later on this week. Um, you, so you can see that this is this is a class that it, it looks like things were going maybe a little bit slower than some people were envisioning. But this is going to come together quickly, and this is going to be a really strong class for Carolina headlined by one of the best players in the entire country and 
uh, a guy that is going to be the first number one recruit that Carolina has brought in since Harrison Barnes. Yeah, he he actually himself shut down the idea of him reclassifying to join the club, the 2022 class. And look, right now he couldn't join if he wanted to because Carolina is currently without a scholarship available this season. But uh, he did mention that he acknowledged the growth that he still has to develop within his body and his game. And uh, he, do, he doesn't feel like he's ready for the college game just yet. And this is a guy that, you know, when we were covering him in high school for that one year, was used primarily on the interior, but his coach at the time, Yerick Stoneman, said, look, we want to make him a more perimeter player. If you followed him since his sophomore season, you've seen that come to fruition. He can handle the ball in the perimeter. He has a nice dribble drive game. He can get to the rim with you and finish with either hand. He can take and make the three-point shot. And, you know, look, if there was any doubt about Gregory G.G. Jackson coming to Carolina – all that went away with that tournament run because, you know, mm-hmm. as, as much as it hurt losing the national championship, the thing about it, it did from a, for a recruiting standpoint for Hubert Davis is now he can sell every recruit on, well, we just got to the national championship. But if you come and join us, then you can help us win the national championship. And he's definitely going to be a guy that in 2023, when this roster looks like we'll be going through an overhaul with with four guys coming back for one common goal, which is to win a national championship. And if they do that, you would imagine a lot of those guys are going to be gone where he'll step right in and, and kind of be the face of the team right away. But this kid's up to the task. Um, he, he's not going to be scared by the moment. Um, and he's he's only going to continue to grow and get better. He's going to grow into his body. And right now he's six six nine, two hundred and ten pounds. You would imagine he's going to add, you know, an inch or two, maybe still, and maybe fifteen to twenty pounds of of, of muscle. And he's really going to be a force um, when it's all said and done. And we're lucky to have him over in Carolina Blue. And look, there's no denying this is significant for a lot of different reasons. Um, it's 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 a second five star in a single class. And this is also another recruiting win for Hubert Davis over Duke and John Shire. And that's important because as Coach K is transitioned to retirement, Duke's recruitment hasn't wavered. They're bringing in another top-heavy class once again this season, and they're going to be a trendy pick to make, to get to a Final Four because of how much talent's coming in. But Hubert Davis is also starting to flex his muscle, and, and look what he did last year when he was able to flip, you know, Seth Trimble, get Will Shaver and some of those guys to come in um, and, and, and join the program and look into the future. 2023, he's already got two five-stars meeting with another. He's setting Carolina up to be a premier recruiting band, a brand um, in college basketball, and that was something, whether it was, it was Roy Williams' decision or not, that wasn't the case the last couple of years for Carolina basketball. I I don't I don't really know what exactly the struggles were overall. Maybe it was just the fact that it wasn't a modern system. But I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game of basketball, pro or college level, in Roy Williams. So I I just I think that you know some of these guys. It's it's really just 
getting on these dudes early. And, and you got to give credit to, to Hubert and the staff for jumping on a guy like Simeon Wilcher early and being able to get that commitment. And then, I mean, for Gigi Jackson, you know, it's a localized commitment. It's a guy that um, is one of the best that has come out of the Carolinas in a while. And, uh, you know, the Tar Heels did what they had to do, which was keep this guy in state. So, I think they did a, a tremendous job with this recruitment. You mentioned it. They got in pretty early with him. I mean, we knew that they had offered him last year. And, you know, they, they followed him about as close as anybody can follow a prospect. I mean, any time that he had uh, one of these types of um, AAU games, it seemed like Carolina was in attendance. So you can see that. The one thing that Hubert Davis is bringing with him from Roy Williams is that attention to detail on the relationships that you have with these recruits where, I mean, look, I know that Duke goes out to a lot of these events as well, but it seems like Duke also is kind of basing their recruitment more on the name itself. Guys just wanting to play there Um, where Carolina. Yeah. They know that they, they, that, it still has an effect on kids to see that team recruiting them. But at the same time, they know that they have to establish the strong relationships. And I think the other thing that really helps Carolina moving forward. And I, I, I think I saw where he was saying, you know, something about this today is that look, NIL is a factor here. Um, you know, the, the fact that you saw Carolina may players make as much money as they did. Um, through NIL deals during, you know, the NCAA tournament to see that value go up um, on, you know, on three sports who who has a, you know, NIL value ranking and to see these guys, you know, selling the T-shirts and everything like that during uh, the, the tournament run. I think that really has become attractive to guys on the recruiting trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think it's just, you know, a great job by Hubert Davis and his staff to ignore all the noise like they did on the court. Uh, but that was, you know, it's it, w- with recruiting, it's always tougher because there is that element of, you know, look, with your own team, you can tell your guys, hey, don't go on social media. Don't read what they're saying about you. Just focus on the task at hand. You can't really tell that to recruits. You can ask them that when you talk to them. But these guys, especially because they, you know, their recruitments, one of the big ways that they, um, you know, can get things out there and, and, and that they can get, you know, some of these offers just to begin with is by putting stuff on social media. So these guys are going to be active on social media. They're going to be reading what the fans are saying um, and what, you know, what the people that are opposed to them going to certain schools are saying whenever they comment on stuff that they post. And I think Carolina, you know, they, they just did a tremendous job. And I think it's hilarious that even during the early part of the tournament run, I heard people saying, look, Carolina is set up to potentially have a nice run here. But I'm still concerned about the direction of Carolina basketball overall because they're not recruiting on an elite level like they need to. Well, they land Gigi Jackson. That, in turn, I think, sort of alleviates any concern about Simeon Wilcher. And now they're in the running for potentially another five-star in the 2023 class. So Carolina, just like they did on the court this year, it is going to go from a ton of concern around the direction of this program to 
people feeling pretty confident that this is going to be a team that is going to be a force to be reckoned with under Hubert Davis for a long, long time. Yeah, you know, I think it's just something that Hubert's holding up his end of the bargain um, on the court with what he did this year, winning 29 games, um, had Carolina within three minutes or so away from a national championship. But he also promised, um, you know, better results on the recruiting trail, bringing in the type of talent that we desire to have here with the understanding that um, if, if you're going to come here, you're going to you're going to be a part of this program. You're going to be a part of the university. Even if it's just for one year, you are going to be fully committed to what we're trying to do here. And um, I, I think that's why they're going to be selective in the in the five star prospects that they go after and get. And it does appear that Gigi Jackson did fit the mold of a guy that we wanted to have in Carolina blue. And we're happy and thankful that he did choose Carolina over all those other options. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play you this week's ad from DraftKings. And then when we come back, we're going to update you on the on the latest Tar Heel news as uh, a, a player on the current roster has entered the NBA draft process. We'll tell you who that is and what that means for Carolina when we come back to the Four Corners podcast. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. The NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. That stands for the Basketball Podcasting Network. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the NBA playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the four corners side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the heel tough blog side of things as well. And, you know, by now you're not probably not going to, you're not a stranger of what the news is and who the guy is, but Kerwin Walton did announce early this morning that he is going to go through the NBA draft process. And um, that was, I mean, I, I guess it caught by surprise because this is a guy who um, was a reserve forward this year. Um, he, for the season, averaged roughly 13 minutes per game. But the last month and a half of the season, um, he frankly didn't see the court very much as Hubert Davis rode that iron five to the national title game. And uh, Kerwin scored 3.4 points per game on three on 35% shooting from behind the three-point line. And, I mean, it's surprising because of the numbers, but – we shouldn't be surprised because we advocate for every single one of our players to do this. You can go through the NBA draft process 
twice without going to the NBA, and he didn't do it last year. So this is his first time to go through it. And we've reaped the benefits of this before when guys like Joel Berry and and you know, I think Kennedy Meeks and some of those guys, they all went and did as much as they could in the pre-draft process before the NBA draft. They got back the answers that they needed to get if they wanted to become professional players, and it made them better players at the college level. And that made Carolina better overall as a team. And who knows, maybe this will be what what Kerwin Walton needs to get back to that player we saw in his freshman season. Because at the end of the freshman year, we had really high expectations for him going into last season, especially giving you the uh, or, or given the, the change of philosophy. Um, from from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis, a more emphasis on three-point shooting. Carolina shot the three better as a team, but it was primarily with Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, and Brady Manick. Kerwin Walton didn't really factor into that. So maybe this will be what turns it around for him at Carolina, and he gets back to that type of player we all thought he's more than capable of being after what he did the back half of his freshman year two seasons ago. I mean, it's definitely a more than interesting choice. Um, and, and I think the weird thing about this is how did this kind of fly under the radar? How did nobody notice this? How is this not released by him or anybody in his camp that he was going and at least, you know, submitting his name and going through the draft process? Um, so it's definitely a, a, a weird situation. It honestly reminds me a lot of what we saw with Kyler McMichael on the football side of things, where we heard rumors like this guy could potentially be in the transfer portal, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he shows up as a guy that's pursuing an NBA career. Now, I, it's a little different because I think, like you said, this is being – passed off as for now at least he is attempting to kind of gauge what he needs to improve on uh to get to the nba level so uh i look i'm not gonna fault him for that i think that's honestly smart any of these guys that have nba futures i think if they want to go ahead and come and 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 you know test the waters and and you know, see what exactly they need to do to grow and, and eventually get to where they want to get to. Or, you know, if they're those guys that are, you know, early second round to mid second round guys that feel like they can go there and potentially work their way into the first round and prove themselves um, and, and feel like they're willing to bet on themselves at that point, it makes some sense. So I, I, I get where he's coming from from that perspective. It's just a very weird situation because this is one of those guys that I've seen a lot of people talking about here recently and pretty much saying, you know, if this guy leaves, it's not the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. um, it also kind of puts Carolina at a weird spot right now because if for some reason he is to end up staying in the draft – um, you know, then they have a scholarship spot that's open and that could potentially go towards finding somebody that can help them in the transfer portal. The problem is right now, there's really nothing they can do with that. There are some really big guys, important names that are in the transfer portal uh, that could really help this team. But they, as of right now, I believe they are, are they obligated to hold that roster spot until Kerwin makes a decision? I believe so. I think that's how it works. So 
I, you're, you're kind of in a tough spot. Like part of you wants to say, okay, well, let's just imagine that he is going to leave and let's pursue somebody in the transfer portal, preferably probably at that stretch four position that can help us. But you're kind of obligated to see this out with Kerwin. And if he chooses to come back, then he's going to be a part of your roster next year. So it's just, it is just a a weird overall scenario. And then of course you add in the fact, like I was saying that this was something that apparently was done behind the scenes and wasn't officially released until today. It's just, it it, kind of leaves me scratching my head and wondering what exactly the ultimate conclusion of this is going to be. I think this is the point that I'm at with it. Look, if Curran wants to return, then that's great. I do think that there is a potential role for him on this team. There's, it, It's not a fluke that he shot the ball as well as he did as a freshman. That capability is there. But at the same time, if he does end up you know, departing for the NBA because they feel like he his ability to shoot the three is good enough to where – somebody will take a risk on him and he feels like that's his best opportunity. Or uh, if he was to, you know, come back from, uh, you know, going to the NBA combine and and learning what he has to do to get better and decides that he wants to transfer, it kind of makes sense as well. So either way, I I think that Toriel fans should kind of just be content with what's going on right now. It's just, it it is a little bit of a weird spot to kind of be left in limbo. Yeah, I mean, like, I I think what my concern level is is that not that he's going to stay in the draft. It's that he's going to go through the draft process, figure out where he's got to improve his game, and then he'll transfer. And then how behind the eight ball is Carolina with trying to find a replacement for him? But, I mean, on the flip side, what Carolina just did with Brady Manick, bringing him out of the portal – and utilizing him in a national title run, it's not going to be that hard to find somebody else to come in and, and, and try to be an a impact player right away. Um, but like I said, we we encourage this because it, it's ultimately going to help make them better basketball players, which in theory would make our, our team better. But it's just more the situation where a guy who was a seldom used reserve the last month and a half of the season when the team was playing his best basketball um, is deciding to go through the NBA draft process. And he has up until June 1st to remove his name from the NBA draft. By then, he would have already gone through the combine that they hold and all that fun stuff. So um, we will we'll have an answer of whether he's going to be a, a Tar Heel, if he'll be um, in the NBA draft, or, or if he'll be transferring roughly in a month or so. Let's get to some closing notes before we get out of this edition of the show. One thing that I did want to clarify, because I saw some people that were talking about this earlier today, when it comes to the transfer portal, guys have until May 1st to enter their names into the portal. So that means you have to fill out your information and have your name officially in there by May 1st to be eligible for this next season. That does not mean that guys have to make their new decision on their 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 school of choice for this mm-hmm. upcoming season. I saw some people that were saying, you know, look, Carolina 
that if, if they're going to pursue a transfer, they need to have a decision in the next couple of days from Kerwin, and they have to be able to get that guy in there by May 1st. That's not how it works. As long as anybody that is in the portal by May 1st, they can take as I, – I don't know if it's as long as they want. I think there is a date. I think it's like July, it's July 1st or August 1st, something like that, um, before they have to make their decision. So uh, Carolina is still in a they'll, – they'll be able to make a run at somebody if they want to once Kerwin makes his decision. This isn't a situation where Kerwin is trapping them or anything like that. Um, but like you said, I, I, I think, you know, the, the worst case scenario would be he goes through this, pulls his name out, you know, sometime late in May, and then Carolina is kind of left to scramble to try to pick from a group that maybe isn't as strong as, as the group that's out there now. I just wanted to clarify that real quick. We do thank you for that. Now on to our closing notes of tonight's episode. And we hinted at the next five-star that Hubert Davis is going to target. He'll be in Chicago tomorrow to meet in person with five-star prospect from the 2023 recruiting cycle, Matas Buzelis. And um, that would be a guy that if, if Carolina can add him, that'd be three five-stars. And that would give Carolina arguably one of his best classes in the history of the program and uh, would be a really good way for this this team and this program to reload because um, you would imagine no matter really what happens next season, whether they win a national title or not, there will be a mass exodus of players out of Chapel Hill. So um, th- this could be a- another guy that with Carolina just securing – Gregory G.G. Jackson, this one could move very quickly, so we'll keep you up to date on that. Last night, Carolina Athletics held its annual Rannies Awards, where they hand out awards um, throughout the, uh, for, all, for all the sports throughout the academic year. And multiple Tar Heels took home um, awards, including Armando Baycott got breakout male athlete. The basketball team got the best upset with its win. Um over over Baylor in the round of 32. Caleb Love got an award for the best play of the year, that being the three-pointer over Mark Williams against Duke in the Final Four. So that last month and a half of the season really shone bright for Carolina um, nationally and then on its own campus as they were able to take as many Tars over to take home many different awards. And lastly, Not that this comes to a surprise to you or I, because we kind of made this joke back when this got announced, but uh, the Jumpman Classic, which is featuring Carolina, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Florida, that starts this season in Charlotte. And Carolina will play Michigan on December 21st in the inaugural matchup of the Jumpman Classic. And I think everybody knew right away those two teams would be put would be put again against each other as they are the two more forward brands. And Carolina and Michigan have played three times in the last five years throughout the ACC Big Ten Challenge or in a holiday tournament. So this is this is right on par um, for them. And that should, that would be a game that, with it being local, um, will be. Um, a, a good chance for you and I to to get back and maybe watch Carolina play in person, but um, the, the, not a surprise as Carolina and Michigan they'll face on a neutral court in in Charlotte in a couple of weeks or in a couple of months um, to start what's going to be another holiday event 
for Carolina. Their their schedule next year is is loaded. They've got the Phil Knight 85 holiday event that they're going to compete in, which is going to be loaded. They've got the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They've got the CBS Sports Classic and now the Jumpman Classic. So it's going to be a, a big-time uh, non-conference schedule for Carolina as they'll try to gear up for a potential run in an ACC championship next season. What well, is going to wrap up this edition of the show? Before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to get over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. We had you covered for all the latest on Gregory G.G. Jackson's commitment. Same thing for Kerwin Walton putting his name in the NBA draft. As for the football side of things, a pretty busy week for them as well as they've got – they've added two from the transfer portal. They've lost one to the portal as well. And, of course, the NFL draft starts tomorrow night. So, Anthony will keep you updated on all the Tar Heels that get drafted over the weekend. So, here to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, for your latest football and basketball coverage. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast, and we will pop up. You can like and review the podcast wherever you you do download your podcast at. But most importantly, we do encourage you guys, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any additions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball off season. Let's wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me tonight. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com, to find the best basketball podcast.